Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with uh, John Dwyer from Dwyer Commercial. Thanks for joining us, John. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, this should be a really interesting show today. I just got back from uh, Orlando and the Sandler Client Summit. Fantastic event. They had about 1,000 people there. Or if you count closely, maybe 700. <laughs> but it was a great event. Anyway, it was good to be out of Cincinnati in the cold weather. That's a fact. Yep. Uh, coming up tomorrow on the show, we have uh, Mike Kegley from Bold Homes. Uh, next week, we have uh, John Uber Jr. from John Uber Homes. Uh, then we have Chris Finney on March 1st from uh, Finney, Segnero, Saba, and Patterson. Uh, then on the 7th of March, we have Dave Doherty, the former CEO of Convergis, who's got a new company, a nonprofit called Education at Work. And he is onshoring customer service work. So we can talk to people who have American logic systems and understand the American form of English. Uh, he's employing college students to do that. Uh, on the 8th of March, we're going to have Mark Schmidt from Atlas 10. Uh, Mark has had another company called Blue Chip uh, Asphalt for many years. And he started Atlas 10 to create a way for large companies with many uh, facilities, parking lots, all over the uh, country to have them maintained on a regular maintenance schedule. He's going to talk about that new venture. Uh, Then we're going to have Scott Ciccarelli from ADK Pro Audio on the 14th of March. Uh, Skipping around, we have uh, Thane Maynard from the Cincinnati Zoo on the 21st of March. Uh, 22nd of March, you're going to want to listen to this show. Um, Mike Kelly, he's a executive at a large publicly held company here in Cincinnati, and he's got a phenomenal story of personal leadership. Phenomenal story. And we have a couple of other guests scheduled out uh, through uh, middle of April. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, uh, make sure you give us a call here at the office at 753 753- Uh, 513-753-9400 and ask to speak to me, Mike Roth. Uh, Let's see. Uh, We have a Sandler cold call camp coming up March 27th. You can call uh, our office to uh, get the details, but it's a way to uh, make cold calling a productive activity if if, if you need to do that in your business. Okay. And... uh, John has agreed to uh, take telephone calls, so 
If you have a question for John during the show, call in at 646-595-4916. And we'll be able to screen your calls during the commercial breaks. So, John, you're in the commercial real estate business, and you've been there for, it looks like, almost 20 years now, 17 years. (laughs) Well, actually... uh I've been in it since 1979, but a licensed real estate agent till since 1974, March mm-hmm. of 1974, actually. Mm-hmm. What what was it that uh, made you uh, decide to open up your own uh, real estate firm back in '96? Well, I actually decided to do that before I knew what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, my my intent uh, was to own a company when I was in high school, and one of my philosophies was is to be nice to everybody because one of them might be a customer someday. Mm-hmm. So my intent basically at, at a young age, if you will, was basically, you know, be nice to everybody. So I have been, uh, unless, an, unless, unless there's good reason not to be. So you're an elder high school graduate. That is correct. Good. That, that, that is uh, one of the unique differences about Cincinnati and where I grew up in New York. When someone said what school you go to in New York, they meant what college. I see. <laughs> Here, people mean, what high school did you go to? That is correct. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a true statement. Well, my father passed away when I was in high school, and um, I got a job because I asked someone to send me to a uh, training center, and they hired me because they had to hire me to send me to the training center, which mm-hmm. was Glenway Chevrolet. And uh, I was certified in body work and paint work by Fisher Body when I was 17 years old. And when I graduated from High school, I went, or from, yeah, from high school, I went out to California to visit my sister in San Francisco. And my brother in law worked in the real estate industry and said, You ought to get in uh, the real estate business. So my intent was to be in the automotive business until I met up with him and uh, looked at he, Century 21 was just opening up back then at that period of time. So I decided to, uh, when I got back to Cincinnati, to change my major from automotive mechanics to real estate. And I did. Mm-hmm. And I started at Cincinnati State, and uh, it was the first graduating class at that time in 1972. I graduated from Elder, so the first class was 73, and uh, graduated there with uh, an associate's degree in property management and real estate, and started selling for my brother-in-law, who was with Wilson Real Estate Company at that time, and stayed with them for several years, and then got into a uh, ran for an office within the board of realtors and was an associate. Um, I represented all the associate realtors. At that time, we weren't realtors. We were realtor associates. Only mm-hmm. the brokers were realtors. So I was elected and ran for that office and got a position on the Cincinnati Board of Realtors, and I wanted to be on the commercial industrial liaison as a liaison to that committee, and that's where I met several people that got me into the industrial real estate business and commercial business. So what year was it that you made the transition from residential to commercial? Well, it was something I always wanted to do even while I sold residential. So I had sold my first transaction was a uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken on Delhi Pike that I uh, sold, and um, that was probably in 1975, I would think, 76 maybe. And uh, in 1979, I was hired by a gentleman by the name of Ed McBride. He's a graduate of Annapolis and has an MBA from Harvard University. And I went to work for a company called Arthur Rubeloff of Ohio, but they were stationed out of or headquartered out of um, Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I was actually the first one hired that didn't have an 
a bachelor's degree. Uh, a fellow by the name of Leonard Eisenberg came to Cincinnati, interviewed me, and they said, hired this guy, he's street smart. He may not have this bachelor's degree, but this kid's street smart, so they hired me. That's interesting. Uh, a lot of people that I've met in business get uh, overly concerned about college degrees. A college degree at piece of parchment is only good for the first job. Well, education in itself is nothing more than tells you where to go to get an answer because no one always has all the answers. Well, it teaches you how to think. It does. It teaches you how to correct or get a problem solved, and, and that can be through friends or through the Internet now, which we used to not have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a great teacher today. I can pick my phone up now and push a button and ask it a question. It'll give me the answer. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I've seen people on car rallies uh, where the question is something like, what year was uh, Maysville founded? <laughs> right. And it'll tell you right yeah. away. In the old days, you had to go find the sign that said Maysville founded in OB. You went to the library. Today, people Google it on their phone. That's correct. <laughs> so it's caused a a, a, a tremendous change uh, in the way we do things. Uh, I see that you're in many uh, professional organizations. Several. Um, one of them, I was on the Baby's Milk Fund board until that uh, basically uh, wasn't needed anymore. The government basically went in and took care of those problems that were started. Uh, then I've been involved with the Lions Club of Price Hill for many years, which is now Lions Club of Western Hills. Mm-hmm. And uh, just out of curiosity, how many uh, members are there in the Lions Club? Uh, there's about 45 right mm-hmm. now, and uh, we're actually getting a few new members that are young uh, that are getting involved, which is a great thing. And mm-hmm. uh, it's been a great organization to be a part of. It's helped me business-wise, and it's and it's helped me help people, and that's what uh, is is a very nice thing about it. I'm in uh, in the downtown Rotary Club for about the past 15 years. Well, then you know a lot Not of people lines. I know. Right. and, and It's he, a wonderful organization. They it both truly are. Is. And we have, we have a good Kiwanis Club here in uh, the Cincinnati Marketplace. Absolutely. They're all, they all help the communities. And it's a good way to get your – if you're in the sales or you have – you need to know people. It's a great way to uh, spread yourself out. Uh, giving back and serving the community and, and, and meeting people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if you can't tell from my accent, I grew up in New York and worked all over the, <laughs> the country, John. Well, not to interrupt you, but I'm also involved with Cincinnati State Technical and Community College. Really? Um, how? Well, back in 1996, um, I was representing a company called F&M, Mavco Equipment Company, mm-hmm. and, there were, and Bob McKenna uh, and I were – they owned the airport at Harrison. And uh, they, I got involved to help sell it, and Cincinnati State ended up buying it. And henceforth, Bob McKenna has been the chairman of the board of trustees, and I've been the chairman of the foundation board. So we've given back a lot since then. And um, is there still an airport in Harrison? Yes, there is. As a matter of fact, we had uh, yet two days ago, we had a um, dedication of two brand new hangars that were built over there because of the Blue Ash Airport closing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a need for that. And I think uh, Lincoln Airport's going to benefit from a lot of things happening because of that as well. Sounds like they're doing real well, and I'm, I'm pleased to see that. That's a good thing for this Cincinnati area. Closing an airport was a good thing? No, no, no. What's happening over at Lincoln? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I hate to move it away from western uh, from the western Hamilton County, but that Lincoln Airport, there seems to be a lot of 
interest in opening up different types of... uh, It seems like they're going to have some uh, limited commercial flights out of there again. Yeah, which is good. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I I think the vibrancy of the business community is measured by how easy it is to get in and out of it, okay? And... Well, we can do it through air. We can do it through water, which is not something that uh, we should take lightly. That's a that's why our city was founded. Besides the fort that was built here, but it was built here because we had this thing called the Ohio River, and that river is has an enormous amount of commerce moving up and down of it every day. Mm-hmm. The barges. It's actually kind of fun to watch. Um, but that needs, in my opinion, to be expounded upon. And I know there's a lot of people feel that way. This is not something that I'm coming up with, but it's... Well, it's, it's river good. and air traffic. I mean, I was the, the, one of the saddest days here was when they, they said that Comair was closing. Right. Uh, because Comair just brought a multitude of destinations within an hour, an hour and 20 minutes of Cincinnati. They just aren't really easy today. And it's, you know, three hours or four hours if you want to get there. Yeah. Uh, David Mueller had a great idea, and Delta bought it, and then uh, wrecked it. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's another story. Yeah, it's another story. Uh, for another day, we talk only about the positive things here. So, when you're in the in the residential business, you you built how many homes? Well, I actually did not build; I always sold. Okay, you sold five hundred homes. Well, during that period of time, yes. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, mainly in Northern Kentucky. No, I, I was licensed only in Ohio at that time. Now I'm licensed in Kentucky and Ohio. Okay. And, um, mainly most of the deals I've done in Northern Kentucky have been commercial related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I see you did some work up at, uh, in, in the center area of Westchester. Mm-hmm. Um, or is that Union oh, Kentucky? That's Union Kentucky, isn't it? <laughs> The well, Union Point Office Center? Um, yeah. Let me see which one you're looking at there. Oh, no, that actually were the some of the uh, transactions that we were involved in uh, back in the 80s when I was with uh, Arthur Ruboff. Okay. Yeah, we were managing properties and doing the leasing on buildings, mainly for pension funds, is what we were doing work for. Mm-hmm. Good. Again, if you uh, want to call in and, and ask John a question, he's agreed to, to take him. The uh, call-in number today is, as usual, 646-595-4916. We're going to take a uh, short commercial break, and we'll be back after a couple of messages. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6525. 
1-800-273-8823. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, John Dwyer uh, from Dwyer Commercial. Uh, John, uh, how how do you actually go to market and find new properties to market? For the most part, our signs generate the phone calls that come into our office. Mm -hmm. Um, We obviously use the Internet to advertise our properties as well through the multiple listing service through other Organization. So, in an average month, how many signs do you have out? Oh, well, that depends on how many we've sold, but we have probably forty to fifty signs out on different properties. Mm-hmm. And how that, many calls a month would that generate? That could probably as many as you know five to six a day. Five to six a day. Yeah, that could, and and not all of them are real strong, what I call believing buyers, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Uh, there's a lot of people that just want to know what's going on, and, and, and I don't have a problem with that. Everyone has, is entitled to understand that, but uh, and it helps create interest in the area. Uh, so if those are basically what we do, uh, and then those calls will be followed up by true interest or uh, followed up by what needs to be done from that phone call, whatever that person needs. Mm-hmm. And we'll try to find out whether their needs uh where their needs are located and what they are. Once we've identified that, then we go and do a search for those folks and um, present them with opportunities that they would be looking for closest to what their uh, likes are. But nothing's perfect. Yeah, sure. Why do you think people buy from you and your company? Hopefully it's because they like us and and they know we'll treat them with uh, dignity and honesty. Um, and that's basically what I want to do is it, when we put a transaction together, I want them to to make the decision. I don't push anybody into a decision. Uh, they came to me with a problem. They want that problem solved. And my, my job is to help them solve that problem. If, uh, if I present them, and, and I got to make sure that they really do have a need. I don't want mm-hmm. them if they have a want. I, I want them if they have a need. Because in this market, it used to be a want market. Today, it's a need market. Nobody does anything unless they need to do it. It's just the way it is. And with that understanding, if you find somebody that truly does have that need, you present them with all the options that are out there. You you boil those options down, 
you, you explain how you got to those options, and then they ultimately are the decision maker on that. People will not make a decision until they're comfortable. I've learned that a long time ago. Every time I tried to force somebody to make a decision, the answer was no. Uh, but when they were fully informed and filled with information that gave them a comfort level to make a decision, that's why they come. Because ultimately, when they come to me and they make that decision, it's their decision. But it's based on information they've gathered through me and with me. Mm-hmm. Now, we say people buy from people who they like and trust, ingredient number one. Correct. And uh, if you want to take it as ingredient number two, uh, people won't buy from people who they don't believe in being honest with them. So I say to everyone new that I'm working with, you know, I'm going to be totally brutally honest with you. Can you be totally brutally honest with me? And if they can't say yes to that, it's over. Well, one of the good things that we have, and I don't know whether it's the best of things, I have found out there's many different ways to to make a business run and Mm -hmm. be successful. Mm -hmm. Um, But the best way I've always learned is word of mouth by your past experience. And if somebody says, hey, call this guy, that you've got, you're way beyond other introductions. Well, we, that call, int- we call that referrals and introductions. If you can get 80 or 90% of your business or even more, uh, the introduction as the first step, the closing ratio behind that carries the credibility of the person that gave you that referral or introduction. Well, and in our instance, our business, because we do have signs out on very busy roads, it is obvious to the person on the street, if we're representing somebody, whether they're a good high-profile person or a low-profile person, they can see the type of people we represent. And I have to tell you that most of them that we do represent are very high-profile folks. And I think that sells well for us in that in, in that in its essence. Right, right. Um, do you have a unique marketing advantage that you uh, tell people about? Why should I do business with you, John? Well, what makes you different than any other commercial realtor? My experience, I believe, is probably the biggest thing. Um, When I worked for a major company, a national company, uh, back in the 80s, I was the uh, only one working both sides of the track, which what I mean by that is the industrial side of the business and the office side of the business. And both of those are two individual types of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did downtown high-rise buildings as well as suburban office buildings. And I represented the Coca-Cola bottling company on six of their plants back in the 80s. So my experience of representation of different types of real estate. So did you know Cromer Mashburn? No, he had sold it by then. It was owned by the fellow out of San Diego at that point in time. It was in 1980. 483 eras when all this came down, and it was over a period of about five years mm-hmm. before we finally got to the, the one on Dana Avenue. Yeah, eventually we'll have to get Cromer on the show. Yeah, that would be nice. But he, he winters uh, down in Florida. I, oh, I wish I did. <laughs> uh, he's in the downtown Rotary Club. That's how I know him. I see. Um, so besides yourself, do you have any other professionals that uh, sell property? Well, my son started with us about eight years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, he's turned into a very, very good salesman. I'm very proud of him. His name is Kevin Dwyer. And um, we've had a gentleman by the name of uh, Bob Pohl. Bob used to be the uh, last president of Hutiful Brewing Company. Oh, really? Yeah, great guy. And uh, we were he was um, with us for a while, and uh, 
we moved our offices, and that didn't work out as well for him as he would mm-hmm. like. So we went with another firm, and now he's back with us again. So it, that that's good news. And we also have had companies or clients of ours, uh, especially with my son, he's done very well, that have we tried to sell their property, and for one reason or another, it didn't work out, and they listed it with someone else. And uh, after that, they they did that. They called us back and put us back in charge of the sale of their property, and uh, we were successful in doing so. That well, happened twice this year. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, in the marketplace today, what obstacles do you see? Well, uh, there's three things that are actually going on in the real estate industry from a buyer's perspective. Uh, from a my job is looking for that. Um, the first thing is is that there's cash buyers and they are looking for true steals in the marketplace. And then there's people that can actually borrow money still, but there's a lot of folks that can't borrow money the the way they used to. Uh, it just there's they're tightening up certain areas of that. So we have done a lot of what we call purchase money mortgages, and we've also done land contracts. So our experience in all types of sales and leasing situations have helped those deals. Purchase money contract? Purchase money mortgage. mortgage. It means that if you own the property, mm-hmm. that you could hold the mortgage on it. Now, you'll switch title to the property, so the title actually transfers to the purchaser. Mm-hmm. And that purchaser now is... Um, Titled to that property, but I hold the mortgage on it if I were the seller. In a land contract, normally you don't pass title yet. Mm-hmm. It still stays in the owner's name or the seller's name, yeah, but it's done through a contractual agreement. So those things will come into play today as well. So sometimes. So there's more of that today than there was five yeah, years ago? Correct. Mm-hmm. That is a true statement. What do you think the opportunities and possibilities are in the marketplace? Well, if you take a look at um, how low interest rates are today and what the prices of real estate are today, uh, it's it's very low in the cost of money and the real estate itself. It, a lot of the market's being set in some areas, not all, but some areas through foreclosures. In and, residential, yes. Yeah. Well, in the residential area, for sure. And, and it also is in the commercial area. I mean, both of those areas have been affected. If someone wanted to buy an office building, you know, like this one, uh, what kind of interest rate would they look at to get a commercial building? Well, uh, we just got something yesterday from one of the large banks here in town for 3.5%. Wow. Um, which is a really low interest rate for a commercial loan. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're financeable, <laughs> and you have to determine that by talking to your banker, uh, you can you get a pretty good rate right now. Um, there's the terms of the loan have to be negotiated, but I always I always advise our clients uh, to work with who they've been working with, but also get some other quotes just to make sure everybody's uh, competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had a few people from the uh, mortgage loan industry on the show, and uh, some really low rates. Yeah, the, the, and that's why it's a good time to buy. And. Mm-hmm. You know, the infrastructure of the United States and in Cincinnati is very, very good. It's uh, That's what is critical to this area, I believe, is that we have great infrastructure. We may need to maintain it and keep it in good shape. Uh, but what we've got to work with as a, as a country is, is you can't beat it. Uh, no place in the world has as good of infrastructure as we've already got in place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so people who have outgrown their facilities 
want to hire more people well, but can't put them in the building that they're in, do they have a really good shot in this marketplace to find a pre-existing building? That doesn't happen all that much right now. That does happen where there's people, but there's more of the the thing, the deals that are actually being done right now are the ones that somebody's on a lease mm-hmm. and their lease is up and the lease prices haven't come down as much as the cost of money has in the price of real estate. So if you are still capable of borrowing money to buy a property, you might be at half the cost of what you would be under a lease situation to a purchase situation. Mm. You hear that, Greg? <laughs> well, and that and that's a true statement, and that's it would be half the cost. So uh, half and the so, cost. it could be it could be half the cost because the price it, you have to find the right building, obviously that works for you. Number one, but number two. You know, it's uh, maybe he has uh, financial issues on one end of that. Yeah, we we had a client here uh, in the internet business, and he would needed to grow, needed thirty five hundred additional feet, and uh, he couldn't find a building in the area that was reasonably, uh, I'm going to call it, well maintained, and uh, we wound up. Uh, he wound up renting other space in these buildings here. Uh, we're going to take another break here in a second. So, uh, again, if you want to call in and ask John a question, the number is uh, 646-595-4916. We're going to hear a, uh, a, met, a conversation I had with a fellow named Tom Manning, who's running a uh, sales and marketing boot camp uh, this spring. This is Mike Roth with Tom Manning. We're talking about your marketing and sales boot camp that you're going to be running in April and May. And the name of the program is? It's called Engage 2013. Engage 2013. And you're going to be running it in Columbus and in Cincinnati. Correct. It's going to be Tuesday mornings for six weeks in Columbus and Wednesday mornings for six weeks in Cincinnati. Okay, and if a company sends their CEO, the CEO comes and he's bringing a chief marketing officer, what would they be getting by attending your program? Well, the first thing we try to do is we try to get the company to develop a story, figure out what their key messages are, what the value proposition is, and come up with their company story. From that, we can actually look at all your marketing materials to be sure they're telling the same story, all your marketing and sales materials. So does your website match your brochures, match your email campaign, and all of your branding? Does it tell the same message? Okay. Does it really have to match? It really does because what it does is it creates a consistency in the eyes of the end customer or the end user of your products and services. If you We're have, talking about user or prospect here. Well, it depends what your industry is. If you're B2C, it's going to be your customers, mm-hmm. and it's going to be what your customer sees with your company. Right. If you have different messages, you're actually causing customer confusion. If you're B2B, it's going to be you and other businesses, and you're going to be trying to capture market share. And so are you consistent as to what your message is and how you define yourself in the marketplace? Mm -hmm. And why should someone attend? So what we'll do is we're going to, over the course of six weeks, we're going to help you um, define your your key messages and your company's story. And then from that, we're going to help you develop a marketing strategy and a sales strategy and perhaps a social media strategy that helps coordinate all of that. So people will be consistent at the end. Correct. We're going to actually look at everything from your logo and your corporate identity. Does it match that key messages? 
your website, are the messages on your website consistent, your brochure, your sales presentations, your PowerPoint presentations, your proposal system, your email campaign, your trade show. And naturally, your selling system. And, of course, your selling system as well. Tom, if someone is interested in finding out more, either speaking to you or speaking to you personally, how should they do that? There's two ways. One, you could go to marketleaders.us. Um, that's the website for Engage 2013. You can learn all about the sessions there and the speakers and the time frame and, and uh, registration. Or you can call me directly if you have any questions that aren't answered there, and you can reach me at 614-622-1047. Thanks, Tom. In future weeks, we'll be hearing more from Tom about the Engaged Marketing and Sales <coughs> 2013. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, John Dwyer, and we're talking about commercial real estate market. Um, John, in the marketplace today, what is a uh, commercial real estate buyer really looking for? Well, that, that's a pretty wide question because there's so many different aspects to commercial real estate. Um, there's investors that buy commercial real estate, which would be shopping centers, apartment buildings, office buildings, industrial, whatever. Then you've got users, and users would be as yourself. You use this space for your business. Uh, so it depends. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, if you do leasing and you're, you want to buy, now's the best time possible that you could ever think of to buy real estate as long as you can still borrow money because your, bills, your business is still cash flowing well. If, if you can do that, this is the time to make that decision. Yeah, we had a bunch of doctors down here at the end of the hall who uh, last year built their own building and moved out. Right. Well, building is still costly. It's very expensive to build, but that's a good thing if you need to have a special purpose building. It's mm -hmm. still a good time to do it because there's a lot of contractors out there that need the business. Uh, and, and that picks up, you know, a lot of things. When you start building, you're buying materials, you're putting a lot of people back to work. It's a great way to do it. Uh, but for the most part, the better transactions are the ones that are, you know, some of the properties that do not have the luxury of having tenants in them and they're sitting there needing uh someone to use them. So, so in other words, there are great values or bargains in the marketplace. Yeah, there truly are. I mean, it, this is the best time ever to buy anything is truly right now. Our real estate values did not shoot up like they did on the East Coast and the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Those went up about, a, they went up as many as 10 times. Ours went down about up about one and a half times. If you had a $100,000 home in 1980, it went up to about $250,000. But if you had that same house out in San Francisco or New York City, it went up to 1.5 or 2.5 million. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. But the Midwest, you didn't see those drastic, huge numbers go up so high because we don't have this thing called an ocean next to us. <laughs> we have a river separating us, but we can build on either side of that river pretty easily still. So it's not hard to find ground to develop and build on. But the problem today is, is uh, uh, in the Midwest, I shouldn't say it's a problem. The good thing in the Midwest is our prices are so still so affordable. And, uh, so someone who's listening to the show in L.A. or San Francisco or New York or Florida might want to think of moving their company to Cincinnati because oh, the price of real estate is so low. Well, the cost of doing business here is so low as well, comparatively speaking to those areas. Their taxes are much higher on the inner cities. 
our, our, our city taxes aren't the lowest in the world, but they're better than they are. And uh, the real problem with those is the cost of office space in those cities are $50, $60 a square foot, where here in Cincinnati, the prime real estate is $30 a square foot or so. So it's half the cost for the for the space in the parking. Cincinnati is a half an hour town. You mm-hmm. can be anywhere in a half an hour unless there's a a some type of a uh, accident or something, and that's going to add maybe about five or ten minutes instead of a half an hour. Right. So you know you can get around Cincinnati very easily. When I lived in Los Angeles, our office was at right next to the runway at LAX. I lived uh, 20 miles as the crow flies. In San Pedro, and it would take me a full hour on the Harbor Freeway and the 405 Freeway to get there at, you know, bumper to bumper speeds of maybe five or six miles an hour. Well, now the cell phone today could really be helpful to you if you're on those roads, while you can still actually work if you're in those traffic jams, because uh, it has enabled even myself, for that matter, to do things that I would una- would be normally unable to do. And um, with with what's happening with the iPhones and with this, uh, the droids, it's just life is good. Mm-hmm. Um, is your company uh, doing anything special on the internet now to grow your business? Being a part of the multiple listing services since any board of realtors is uh, our listings go everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think it's 50 different places they take those listings and, and put them throughout the Internet system. Uh, my job as a real estate agent for selling your property is to put it in the path where somebody's going to find it to buy that was mm-hmm. looking to that type mm-hmm. of product. So that's what we do is we put it in the path that most likely would be taken. And that Internet is some is a path that people use very readily. I do. We all do. So do you have a, an employee that uh, does search engine optimization for your properties or yes keyword searches or pay-per-click that's correct um but that's beyond my pay scale so i don't know how they do it or what they do but uh yes the answer to your question that is that's that's a true statement it's, it's an integral part of your business truly it is mm-hmm. the, well, that's how people shop anymore mm-hmm. uh, but they are still going to always want to the, the signage is really the, the, the most optimal way to sell real estate because of the when people are looking for real estate, I always call it a windshield tour. Mm-hmm. And you get in your car and you drive down a street and you see a possibility or an opportunity. But today, now you can have this little app in your you know, your phone and it'll tell you what's for sale around you any longer. Oh, really? Oh, what's, yeah. what's that app called? Well, it's the, the, the Realtor app uh, that you can download. And you can go into any city. There's also one called Zillow. Uh, that gives you actual values. It will tell you what has sold in the neighborhood within a certain period of time. It will tell you what's for sale in the area. Um, it's very, very informative. It's interesting. You know, know, it is. It's very informative. Of, this is maybe out of your, your old world. I was uh, down in uh, the villages uh, last week in the Orlando area. And the developer there, he's smiling. You, you know about I have the village. a very good friend of mine that was there the whole week. He owns a place down there. That's why I'm smiling. Uh he called me there from every day. He called me. It's a good it, man. It, it's interesting. The, the, it's owned by a single single man, uh, and he has thrown multiple listing services out. If you want to buy a property, you're going to buy through his real estate company, and he doesn't list his properties through MLS. And he can do that. 
Mm-hmm. He can absolutely do that. That that is not a problem. They, real estate agents don't have to cooperate with each other if they don't want to. Actually, Cincinnati was with first board in the United States. Uh, I believe they were the first multiple listing service that allowed other brokers to sell their properties. I don't think it was the first since the board, but the MLS system that created the the vehicle that other real estate agents would come in and sell other I just properties. Thought it, I thought it was really. Uh... I'm going to say anti-competitive. No, it's called an exclusive listing agent, which means exclusive. It means, you know, if I so choose and you so choose, and you're going to dictate that as the owner of the property, whether you mm-hmm. want to invite those other people in. But if he, he can actually can control that, which it sounds like he's doing uh, by doing what uh, you're saying. So He's kept the, the multiple listing services off his properties. It's interesting. Uh, in commercial properties, they have the same kind of thing where there's a multiple listing service for the commercial buildings? No. Huh? No. Tell me more about that. Well, there's numerous um, companies out there that try to gather information constantly because it's very valuable information. Mm-hmm. Uh, we belong to the Cincinnati Board of Realtors only because we would want that additional path that a buyer would walk down. But most large industrial companies or commercial companies don't advertise in that format. Um, they do the. They have a very good website. They have good uh, presentation there. But there's kind of an exclusivity, if you will, to uh, you have to kind of seek it out. You have to go look for it, or you have to call a professional. One of the things in my business that I want to do and would like to continue to do, and we have done, is we have certain companies that we represent as they would be represented by a lawyer, an accounting firm, uh, what, whatever that guy is that calls up when that company has a problem, they'll call us. And that's one of the things that we want to be able to become is their real estate department. So if you've got a problem, you call us because they may have multiple um, locations and multiple sites that they need to manage or take care of. Do you work in uh, multiple cities beyond Cincinnati, northern Kentucky? Well, we can. I just had a couple of things done. One was up in um, Canada that we sold for a friend here in Cincinnati that had a plant up there. So what we did is we hooked them in with, after I studied that market and studied the real estate agencies that were available to us to sell mm-hmm. their property, I made a recommendation, and we did get a referral fee from that company in Canada. Okay. Um Let's take a a shot at this question. Uh, We have a a theory of operation here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you want to solve a complex problem, you have to apply a complex solution. Perhaps, John, you could share with our listeners a complex problem you had in the real estate world and the equally complex solution you came up with to solve it. Maybe a theory of operation they could take that and move it into the chemical industry from it. Well, <laughs> and that's kind of an interesting thought because the first thing that comes to my thinking is that one of the things that we are pretty good at is there, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, came out with a thing that we have to do, which are phase ones. And those can turn into nightmares for people. Uh, some people don't know what a phase one is. A phase one is a study as to a potential impact by um, an environmental impact by a contaminant. 
that can be a barrel sitting on a property that has leakage uh, or drainage around it that has shown that it's leaked, that's a red flag. Uh, to have been a known gas station or a known dealership or some other type of uh, company that would have fuel tanks underground uh, would be a red flag. Uh, a chemical company uh, obviously would be a problem. We just sold a chemical company down on SD Avenue that turned into a $25,000 uh, phase two, which is a study to find out if there actually was a problem on the red flags they found. So the red flags are popping up on the phase one, but the actual study is on a phase two. So what kind of company does the phase one? That's phase an environmental company. An environmental engineering company? That is correct. Mm -hmm. And those, there's, there's numerous ones around, and uh, they'll go in and do the study and see if there's any red flags. And it, not only the walking of the property, but then they'll do a study by the state has a, um, a source of information that you can find out if there's any been any impact properties surrounding your property that could have impacted your property. Mm. So there's a lot of studying. They go back through these old maps. They're evidently the insurance companies from 1910, and every 10 years hence, has um, they go back and look at what's on those properties to see mm. what was there back in 1910, 1920, 1930. And if there's any evidence of that, there was some type of a fuel or petrol company or whatever it was, and they can find that out in old phone books as well. So we've been in working on a lot of those types of projects, uh, and some of those can be nightmarish and, and cost you a lot. The other thing that we have done a lot of work on is railroad and maritime, which would basically be an Army Corps of Engineers uh, along rivers and things of that nature, because anytime you want to do delivery systems, uh, along the river, uh, you have to have the approval by the Army Corps of Engineers. Mm -hmm. I guess railroad tracks over time have moved. Well, it's not that they move, but they actually are a source of contaminant because you never know what was leaking as they pulled the tanker down the road. Mm. So those can be issues because of that. But there's uh, the railroad runs under a, its own set of laws and. Um, I'll, I'll go into that later if you'd like. Okay, good. We're going to take another short break here. Uh, if you want to call John and ask him a question, uh, 646-595-4916. Let's listen to uh, Sam the Rule number six. Hi, I'm Bob Barber with Sandler Training. I'm here to talk to you about rule number six. Don't buy back tomorrow what you sold today. I was talking to a salesperson the other day, and he'd closed a big deal. Gone to the bank, cashed the check, the works. Unfortunately, he got a 4 o'clock in the morning phone call from a prospect saying, put a hold on things, something's come up. He'd had second thoughts. Second thoughts. Have you ever had second thoughts? Of course you have. It's human nature. It's usually right after you let your daughter stay out late on Friday night, or you order dessert or buy that new car. Did I make the right decision? It's only human nature. Traditional salespeople tend to rush through that process, hope that the person doesn't have their human nature natural reaction of second thoughts or buyer's remorse. They try to close the deal, pass that problem on to somebody else, get that contract processed. At Sandler, we help the prospect embrace that. Bring it up, help them go through it, work through that second thought, that buyer's remorse. It might sound something like, Jim, I'm looking forward to working with you. I think it's going to be fun. 
This accounting solution is what your company needs. Now, you were a little concerned that we couldn't get the conversion in place within three weeks. It's going to be more like five. Are you going to be okay with that? Help that person work through it. What better way to reinforce the role of a trusted advisor than to help that person work through their buyer's remorse? Rule number six, don't buy back tomorrow what you sold today. Okay, this is Mike Broth with uh, John Dwyer. We were talking before the commercial break about uh, the situation with railroads. Well, uh, the railroads, uh, I've had several clients that, eat, that actually, in fact, bought railroad property and, and owned it. And I've had some that had to uh, get across railroads. And I've actually sold one property for a client to a there was a company down on the... What do you mean by getting across a railroad? Well, the railroad track is owned real estate, and you can't just all of a sudden cross somebody else's piece of real estate because you want to, or maybe in their case, because you have to. Even in their case, if you have to... They so there's a railroad siding into the into the plant building. Well, I'll give you an example. There was sure. a property here in Cincinnati. It was sold. It was a 14-acre site. There was a company that wanted to unload material off of barges and put it on the trucks and drive it out of there. Mm-hmm. Well, after they bought it, they discovered that they did not have an easement across that property. And there was a client of mine that owned five acres next to it. And that company had to come over and pay a substantial amount of money for that property, another five acres. And in that deed, it said that they could bring their herbs and their cattle across this property, across this railroad. It was done from the early 1900s. And um, uh, they bought that property strictly to get that deed to get access to their property because they couldn't get it. It took them three or four years. They finally found out we can't get it. So they mm-hmm. had to buy this other property to do it. And the reason that happened basically is back when the railroad was being built from the East Coast to the West Coast, uh, whoever was in charge of the railroad went and bought off every senator and gave them 1% or a one-share ownership in the railroads. And they got anything and everything they wanted. So even the laws that applied to you and me and any corporation and even the government, the railroad is the only entity that can use them in a domain to take property away from the federal government. Oh, that's interesting. It truly. Can take property away from the federal government. That's what I've been told. I don't know where that source came from. It could be wrong, but you can check on that to see. Uh, but I've been told that's the case. That would be an interesting case, you know. Well, let's run a high-speed train through Edwards Air Force Base. Or maybe we have to run a train through Area 51. <laughs> right, whatever the case may be, but that's what I've been told. So th- their laws were very strong, uh, it, and they got everything they wanted because of that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many people do you have in your company now, John? Uh, we've got five that are active sales mm-hmm. and um, uh, one, su- one support staff. Uh, maybe you can give our uh, listeners and other CEOs who are listening a leadership tip. A leadership tip. Oh, um, I do it through example. Lead through example. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want people to do something I wouldn't do. So you're the guy at the front of the charge. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. For for a period of time, not always. I mm-hmm. mean, I, there's a time to to give over the. Uh, the responsibilities of somebody else, but for the most part, the, if if I can do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And if you're afraid to do it, let me show you how to do it. And um, that's that's part of the training and understanding. And but there's nothing that teaches you more than a mistake. 
That's right. Nothing we, teaches you more than a mistake. In our training, we, we call those lessons learned. Uh, I've got a Ph.D. in that. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to get a few. It's not okay to figure out what you didn't do right. That's that's correct. But uh, at, at least you're active. And, you know, there was a an old story years ago. I had to use that today on somebody at Penske, the uh, race car owner, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. was asked by some reporter at one time, well, so-and-so, your driver has wrecked three of your cars, you know, doesn't that, what are you going to do about that? He says, well, I'd much rather tell him to slow down than to tell him to go faster. <laughs> so, you know, there's it, there's always that thing, I, I'd rather seek forgiveness and permission sometimes. And uh, you know, in the real estate industry, you always have to be honest. And if if you don't know the answer, let them know. And if you can't find the answer, let them know. Mm-hmm. But at least you worked on finding it. And uh, if there is no answer, obviously, there's no answer to every question that's out there. And there's always uncertainty to everything that you do in your life. And, and the study and the preparation for your decision making is what's going to result in a success or a failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you looking to grow the company in the next year? Yes, I am. I would like for it to to grow. Um, right now, we've got a lot of older folks that work with us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we need some young blood, uh, some folks that I'd like to bring in and train. Uh, the You're not the first person to tell me that this year. Well, we've had our best year we ever had last year. And um, uh, the other years before that weren't so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this last year has been very successful. So, um, I'm hoping to continue that, and it looks like it will. I mean, there's still strong activity out there, and this area is not affected as badly by uh, price going down. I mean, when my properties go down 20% in the Midwest, uh, and, and maybe they've gone down 20% in other parts of the, the country, 20% of a million is 200,000, 20% of 100 and, or 200,000 is only 40,000. So that happened, but we've settled down, and I think that there is a – it may be a law, but there's a settling of what's going on right now, and I haven't seen uh, much going in that lower direction at this point in time. I guess I see growth. Yeah, we are. We're having some growth at this point in time, and, and actually we're having less uh, properties that are those opportunity properties because they're, they kind of went away already. Mm-hmm. The first guys to go away in this industry were the folks that owned big pieces of ground that did not generate income. And when they did, couldn't sell the property they developed, they lost those. And then it fell down to the other folks that were on thin edges to begin with uh, of, of heavy leverage with not good income. And those are the ones that had the problems. But the good, strong companies that did the right things and, and protected themselves in this past survival mode, I call it, uh, they're stronger today because a lot of their, some of their competitors, as you were talking earlier in a commercial, what do you do when your competitor goes out to you? How do you handle that? So there's a lot of opportunities out there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you personally have a, an exit plan for the company? Well, my son works with me, and uh, he's uh, been my right hand. He's my crutch right now, and uh, I'm getting not old. I am getting older, thank God. But I'm in my. I just turned sixty, so my plan is to slow it down a little bit, but not a great, great deal. But to slow it down a little bit. So uh, my exit plan is to work with my son as long as I possibly can, and to uh, to work the business until uh, I'm not capable of walking or thinking any longer. Mhm. No, I enjoy it. I like to work. Mhm. 
So in your world, you don't actually do any active prospecting except putting the signs on your properties that you list. Well, I think what we do is we expose ourselves to the community through the activities by giving back. Mm -hmm. And by giving back, you receive. And those receiving things are usually done because people know you're a good guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mean you're sincere about your mission, which is to be good and honest with folks that you're doing business with. So this honesty seems to be a wire theme. It is a theme. Mm -hmm. I'd rather not do a deal and just walk away from it and never see you again than have to do something that I don't feel good about sleeping at night. I won't do it. Okay. And it's just the way it is. I won't I won't do it. And I've lost clients because of that because they wanted me to do that and I won't do it. Well, that's an important part of business. I call that integrity. Uh you got to have honesty, integrity and judge people and companies by the commitments they keep, not the ones they make. John, we're just about uh, out of time here. I'm going to be giving you a copy of one of Sandler's books, the 5 minutes with Vito book right there next to you. Okay, that's well, thank yours. Thank you very much. I appreciate okay. that. And uh, I will read it. Every book's got a million dollars in it or a million-dollar idea. We'll make sure you leave with a million dollars and a free guest pass to one of our Sandler classes. I'm in. <laughs> okay. We have a lot of good classes. Uh, and uh, in the time that remains, John, again, thanks for coming. Okay. And well, thanks again for inviting. If me. anyone's listening and they know a good guest for us, uh, we're looking for guests. We we're, we're booked on the show about uh, two months in advance. And Scott, why don't you uh, take it away? Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at Mike Roth at RothConsulting dot net or call Mike at five one three seven five three. Nine four zero zero. It's not my material. It's not my material.